It's June 4th, 2017. This is the Fancy Ramen Podcast. I'm Neil Young. Today I'm joined with Cookie Skill Milk, our resident VR test driver slash fighter extraordinaire. Howdy. So how how was Chicago? You were gone last week, or kind of gone. Technically, you showed up, or you, you came in for a little bit, and uh, I think that effectively still keeps you on every single episode we've done, right? Yes, actually. Yeah. yeah I'll take that technicality. <laughs> hey, I, I was going to be sad if you could not show up. So I, I wasn't going to like let it bother me, and I wasn't going to tell you, but now that it happens, <laughs> I can say it. I like it. So um, Chicago was fun. Met random hustler of the town and met other random people. Kind of just walked around, did a lot of shopping. Lost my wife a couple of times. Yeah, we heard we heard you lose your wife actually. And at that point, I I can't remember the joke we used, but maybe about getting a new wife. I don't know. I don't remember. Hope you're not watching, Lizzie. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, we kind of just did a lot did a lot of shopping, lots of walking. The outdoor mall you brought up before, like, are they a lot bigger than what we have here, like Village Point? A little bigger than Nebraska Crossing. It was much nicer, though. I got to play with VR there. Which inspired your purchase then, or? No, no, I've been trying to make the newest purchase to the household for the past, like, week and a half, two weeks. Without dilly-dallying, you picked up a Vive, and when you got to try out VR there, which, which versions i guess you could say did you pick did you use so i can honestly say i've tried all three now so when i was in chicago i actually played with the rift and the new touch controllers which Which, are really nice did you have something to compare all three to like a similar title no so on the rift i just played with the um there was kind of like a generic demo to kind of teach you how to use the touch controllers because they're so fucking weird because there's quite literally a button for your ring fingers that'll clasp these three fingers. There's a button for your index finger that'll clasp the rest of it. And there's a button for your thumb. There's a couple of buttons for your thumb and they're all touch capacitive. So say your hand's not on any of the buttons, like your fingers are away from the buttons, then your hands are just open. But if your hands are slightly resting on the buttons, loose fist. Ah, interesting. So basically you can be like, these fingers with loose fist versus full-on pointing. So there's kind of like individual buttons for the back three fingers and a button for your index finger and a couple of buttons for your thumb to touch with, to mess with. So it kind of gives you that sense of, hey, to actually grab something, you're going to push in the thumb button and push in your index finger button. So you'll grab them with two fingers rather than going whole fist at it. Gotcha. You could also just go whole fist. Yeah, depending on what it is. But I'm assuming it feels a lot more natural once you get used to it, right? Yeah, it got better and better as I was going. And I was kind of talking to this one chick who was facilitating the demo that I was working on. And I was like, okay, so you wear glasses. I wear glasses. Your glasses are super huge. Her glasses were much bigger than mine. Like uh, Futaba-sized glasses? No. Bigger than that? Like hipster (laughs) glasses? Yes. Okay. Hipster cat glasses. Oh, cat, so, like the horn ones, right? Yeah. It's, so how, how did they work? So she says they work okay and the rift, they work much better in the five. But she gave me some pointers like, so if you wear glasses and you want to try out VR, 
take your glasses off, put them physically in the face mask first, and then put it on. Works out much better. And that applies to the Vive as well, I take it. And that applies to the Vive as well. Which that's not something you've had to do with the PSVR. No. The PSVR is designed specifically to like pop itself out, then you put it on, and then you pop it back in over your entire facial okay. region. Okay, yeah, I, I do remember that. I, I did try, I think we talked about it, I did get to try out the HTC Vive at uh, Nebraska Furniture Mart when they were doing like weekly demos out there. So I'm curious, you, you ended up picking the Vive uh, and was there any particular reason why you chose that instead of the Rift? So had a couple of different things in mind when I wanted to do it. Price was a big point which doesn't make sense to most people because I got the more expensive one. <laughs> but? But I bought it on Craigslist for $650. 650 No, yeah, 650 So about the same price as getting the, Vibe, the Rift with two touch controllers. And there were certain games I wanted to play that I knew were Vive-specific, and I really did want to do the room scale stuff. And then after I got the Vive and bought the games I wanted to play, I realized that the Oculus Rift also has access to a bunch of the games on the on the Steam store. And all the games I wanted to play were also available for the touch for the Oculus Rift. So I was thinking to myself, you know, there are games that are specifically for that touch controller. Like there's this one, uh forget what it's actually called, but you're like a magician and you're doing hand motions to do certain spells and it's a PvP one-on-one magician fight. And it looks really interesting. So it's unlicensed Harry Potter. Yeah. That, that could be really cool, actually. It's a little, actually, a little closer to um, unlicensed Doctor Strange. Okay. Because there's a lot more. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that. So a lot more hand motions and less talking. So yeah, so, and I was like, hmm, I could just return this to the guy I bought it from and then spend the extra, like, 40 bucks plus tax, so I guess it's going to end up being an extra 50 bucks. Right, because, because you have the, uh, the touch controllers added $100 to the base package of the Actually, Oculus, right? no. They're the same price now. Oh, so... So it's about six something. Let me Google it real fast. While you're doing that, how did Oculus introduce like a room scale type of uh, equivalent to the HTC Vive. So with the touch controllers, they have with the touch controllers, they come with two like they kind of look like tiny drum mics. Okay. Are like environmental mics, but they're tiny cameras. They're about about quarter size and diameter and they're just on like little stands. Okay. So the touch controllers come with two. But if you actually wanted to do full 360 like room scale ish, so it doesn't actually get full on walk around room scale. It's more, it's closer to the PSVR standing experience, but you can turn it all the way around. Okay, makes sense. But it does give you a couple of steps, unlike five, which gives you an entire room. Now, sorry to jump over to PSVR real quick, but when you, when you turn entirely around, I thought the sensor on the back of the VR headset was supposed to allow you to do that if so it'll track your head if you're holding a controller since it's going off of lights it's not going to track anything okay. that you're holding makes sense 
So if it's something like with the PS4 controller and it's not tracking the controller's motions or movements, you'd be fine. But as soon as you involve the, you know, the light bar or the move controllers, that's when things would start to lose contact. Yep. If it doesn't, if it doesn't see that colorful ball, it's not going to register. Yeah. Looking at the HTC Vive controllers in particular, I can't recall what they're called now. Oh, actually, you are correct. It does add a hundred dollars. So still the higher? Oculus Rift with the two touch controllers is five hundred ninety eight dollars. Okay, MSRB on that, Amazon. That sounds like the the same price As that, that it used I, to be. Yeah, so, so it's four ninety nine for just the headset. So yeah, actually, if I just got rid of, if I took that back to the guy. I bought it from, I would have been able to just go ahead and buy a Rift. But then I kind of did the math and realized that I'd already bought the games that I bought. Oh, yeah. So, so, was like, so then I just have to rebuy. You're, you're kind of in it, in it for the long haul. Uh, At least until I get my third headset. <laughs> that being said, how's the quality, quality, excuse me, differ between those three platforms? So, only had the tiny, like, 20-minute demo with the... Ah, biggest fan called me my sister <laughs> um, so I only had like the 20 minute demo with the actual Oculus Rift it looks good and it's like so actually let me start with this with the Playstation VR it comes with this rubber face mask thing that smells like has a really particular smell and whenever I actually put on the Playstation VR I get like a twinge of motion sickness like immediately because now my body registers that smell with motion sickness. Right. So I actually wash that mask. <laughs> but first, so when I first put on the PlayStation VR, one of the first games I played, I don't even remember what I was actually playing back then. Thumper probably. Thumper worked out just fine. Ollie, come here. It's okay. The two cameras will allow us to do some <laughs> editing here. Okay. <laughs> um, so, a lot of the games, like a lot of the early games, so um, Rush of Blood, uh, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood, it kind of isn't terrible with the motion sickness, but it has that twinge. Right. And as time was progressing, so with um, Resident Evil 7, it was much better. I could force it. I could force the motion sickness. Like after playing for that extended period of time, I was like, okay, if I play any longer, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually like feel it. And with the new Farpoint for the PSVR, motion sickness was pretty much almost all eliminated, like just like running around and jumping around and stuff. Sure. Only during the stagnant cutscenes did I actually like get any kind of motion sickness because as soon as you move on those the camera doesn't move. Yeah, I could I that can see that being disorienting. When I first put on the Oculus Rift, I was like, oh, oh, this is nice. Like, no twinge of motion sickness, not even like, I did like a quick head turn, and I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Mm. Oh, this is good. I like this. I was like, okay. So then I played through the demo. Then with the HTC Vive, so I've got about a couple hours under my belt, played a little bit of Tilt Brush, one of the main reasons I pick Vive over 
Oculus Touch because I didn't realize the Touch Oculus had Tilt Brush on it because had I known, I would have just did that. Right. I like to paint. So I played a little Tilt Brush. I've got the tutorial done of Raw Data and I've played some Super Hot. Which is arguably the best VR title at this point. <laughs> so what time is it? It's noon 50? So after four hours straight of super hot, I'm still good. Really? <laughs> yes. That's impressive. <laughs> so the only thing I could say is slight broke out in a slight sweat. It is it does get hot down here when you're actually like doing all the VR stuff. I'm not even sure where this conversation started. But either way, it's like with the the Rift versus the PlayStation VR versus the um the, the HTC Vive. Vive, yeah. Crap, I can even throw in the Samsung Galaxy Gear VR because I also have one of those. Um, optimization is key. Being a powerful enough console is also going to help because the difference between the Gear and the uh, PlayStation VR, a phone is not adequate for VR. Right, yeah. A phone I, is not adequate for VR. I've, I've experienced that myself too. And going between the Rift versus... I'm not sure what the rig was I was playing on the Rift, but I'm sure it was just over the top because it was at the Microsoft store. So yeah, they're yeah. going to put the best computer they have out there for that. Versus my rig that I currently have for the Vive versus the PlayStation VR. Like, I'm seeing how they're optimizing the PlayStation VR to work better with the PlayStation 4 due to Farpoint. Like, I'm good with Farpoint. I can only still get about hour, hour and a half of gameplay before I really have to, like, put it down. But with the Vive, I'm just like, yeah. And I'm just walking around the room. Oh, and it's nice. It's nice. The, the guidance system, the handheld guidance system thing, oh, it's super nice. The setup was nice and easy. They were just like, okay, take one of the Vive controllers. Put it at the edge of your wall. Now walk around your play space. Okay, this is the shape of your play space that you walked around. This is going to be your square. This is your home. I was like, okay. With as much, uh, with, with as much hate as, not I personally, but like uh, our, my last podcast had gone into with VR, I think it's really unfair not to point out how well thought out the HTC Vive really is is especially as a first generation vr device like even having the foresight of having a camera built into the htc vive so you can actually see through the uh through the your headgear if you will and look at the real world when you need to uh building up the safety barriers or framing i guess you could say wire framing when you get too close to the boundary of your play space i forget what it's actually called though yeah i, I can't recall tell either. Us. <laughs> there, there's yeah I'm excited you picked up the HTC Vive too, purely for the fact that um, I, 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 I don't know if it's a matter of optimization, but I have heard that the Oculus might have a little more of a screen door effect than the Vive. It, so define screen door effect, because I'm seeing slightly differences on like the three devices, because I did get a little bit of hands-on time with the Rift. But when I first heard the word screen door effect, people were like, Oh yeah, it's kind of like you're looking through a screen door. So there's like a 
something in between you and the world that you're in. Yeah, and screen door I don't think necessarily is the perfect description for it, but it's like there's a filter. Like the lens or the screen is there, so to speak. Oh, okay. And then you see past it. And once you're playing for an extended period of time, you completely ignore it at that point, or it's not there anymore. But I I personally noticed that uh, the archery game I played on the HTC Vive had a worse screen door effect than the PSVR. But that I'm starting to begin to think that might have been more on the software side as opposed to the hardware. It could be because I haven't really noticed that much of like, so it is a little more noticeable in my peripheral vision that I am looking through a lens than with on the PlayStation VR. So I can admit to that. But I haven't really like super noticed anything. And also, I kind of got rid of a lot of the screen door effect after I cleaned the lenses as well. Oh, okay. Sure, sure. So that was not even a, that was more of a physical thing as opposed to a display problem. Yeah. And you're Asian. So, you know, those things. I can hardly see anything anywhere, man. (laughs) Those lenses might have been really foggy. Anyway. We did get some news this week regarding Nintendo's online membership pricing. Uh, And as a whole, I think I'm pretty satisfied with it. But basically, Nintendo is offering three different intervals of service. One month at $4, three months at $8, and 12 months at $20. In addition to that, we've also learned that the current online service will be free until sometime in 2018, which is basically a year off from what we were expecting. And uh, the previously mentioned collection of older game consoles, now being called the Classic Game Selection, will be available as part of the perks with online membership, as well as voice chat, online play, and then some sales on their, their eShop. So my first question to you is, have you seen the um, Squid Dongle? No, I haven't. The squ- oh, no, 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 I, the I chat, have. I the have. chat-like the dongle cable. that looks like a squid that you plug in to power no you plug it into your phone the ipad or the phone the switch and and the headset headset, yep (laughs) you know i would say that a lot of people in our positions don't need that because we have a lot of sound gear they say dongle but i think in all actuality what that's doing is not so much any sort of software or handshake i'm assuming i you know we don't necessarily (laughs) know but you think it's just a way for people to connect the headset to their phone? Yes, yes and no. Uh, so I, I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head, but basically the problems at getting the game audio, the voice chat, and your microphone all to cooperate together is not one based on software, but on signal flow. So you need to get the game sound and the voice chat from your phone together into one stream. So that would require like a line mix, uh, like a summing mixer or a line mixer. Does that make sense? And then a mic pre for your microphone, assuming you're not necessarily using the signature headset. Uh, and then that microphone would then go back into your phone using the mic input, which would be the second ring, the tip ring, ring sleeve. And um, then goes back into the switch to be uploaded to the to the cloud so other people can hear. Well, I, I don't think that's the case, right? Because I don't think you can actually communicate it at all through the Switch. Oh, yeah, you're right. Never mind. So it's so. just going to go straight to your phone, yep. upload it to the cloud, so then... Like, yeah, it, it seems kind of dumb. Uh, 
I'm glad all you things guys, considered. But I'm, I'm glad you guys showed me Discord and the ease of use that that is. Yeah, I, <laughs> I still don't necessarily understand what the voice chat on Nintendo is going to do aside from get you introduced into new, like, you, you can talk to pubs then or other players that you don't know in Splatoon and so forth. I'm assuming. But if if they don't have public chat, then what makes that any different from using Discord? So Exactly. I will say, this price model is perfect. Yeah, I, I think so too. It could be better, but it's pretty perfect. The the only thing that makes me, you know, cringe a little bit is if I were to pick up a second switch. Uh, that means $40 for a year. But even then, that's still less than my PS or PlayStation Plus. Yeah, PlayStation yeah. Plus. So, so I'm, I'm fine with this pricing model. Yep. The little bit better would be like $10 a year. But now I'm just asking too much because then they're charging 50 cents a month. <laughs> yeah, at, at, what point, at what point do they, uh, do they not make enough money to continue to support the service, I guess is the question. And maybe 10 would still be fine. And maybe this is completely lucrative. I guess we just have to see on the quality of the servers. But Honestly, they should just also have a free option where you could just play with other people and not chat with other people. Yeah. I'm, I don't need the classic games. I'll be fine without those. I've got limited memory. Very limited memory. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you need to put a, a SDXC card into that and kick it up. So I, I think there's like a limit for the Switch, but I don't know if it actually is a true limit because I've heard of people putting in really big cards. Like, What's the limit? I thought, I thought the limit was, was a theoretical card that doesn't exist consumer-wise. No, you, you might be right. But I've heard of people putting in like 128 gig and 256 gig cards. Yeah, in. I think the limit's of, I want to say 512 gig, but those aren't consumer-ready. And when they are, <laughs> it'll be ready. <laughs> Yeah. By that point, we'll have Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy VII. But the problem remake. is Kingdom Hearts will be over 512 gigs. I mean, for the amount of time <laughs> they've worked on it at this point. I so don't know. You only do half of an install, and once you get to the half point in the game, the halfway point, you then have to uninstall and reinstall the new the uh, second half. Would that not be the shittiest experience? It's like the reimagining... Uh, of having multiple discs in uh, in the PlayStation One <laughs> era, did that carry over to PlayStation Two at all? I don't think so, but yeah, it did. What game had two discs on PS Two? Oh shit, no, because PS Two they stopped using the jewel case, right? You mean like the big case? No, no, uh, I don't recall. Like, did they switch over to like the DVD case format? Yes, they did. Okay, so never mind. Yes. But but you still have multiple discs in those yeah. cases. So Yeah, no, I think they did. Hmm. Hopefully someone will write us in because I can't think of what it would be off the top of my head. I can think of think of the Dreamcast, but I think that's also that's technically between cases. PS1 and PS2 era. Like yeah. Shenmue 2 was like four discs or three discs, I it think. It was. Maybe. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, the next thing... I wanted to talk about in particular involves something that I think we're going to skip for now since Scott's not with us, but in particular that do you watch professional league at all or have you before? Yes. (laughs) So I I do want to just touch on it because if we end up covering it in the Omake, I want to bring this up. So if you're interested in it, you can listen to the Omake, 
but basically uh, LCS, League Championship Series, it's the North American League for Riot Games, League of Legends, uh, is basically implementing a $10 million buy-in to their, to their series, to their league. And after that happens, you're a permanent team, like your team can't get kicked out just by performing poorly. And uh, in, in doing so, uh, they were also implementing like revenue sharing. So this is basically making League of Legends or this specific league function a lot more like a professional league. It also has like, uh, re- like guaranteed player salaries. I think it's $75,000 is your minimum now. It's literally like NBA That's MLB. Nice. Wouldn't that be nice? I think we can start playing some league. Let's start playing some league. Let's start playing some league. <laughs> Timo. Uh, no, you, that's right. You're crit fit, right? Yeah, yeah. Timo, right here. Let's let's do it. How many people do we need? We need five. We got it. And Scott's Scott's better than both of us, probably. So more than likely. And I know two other people who play league. Great, excellent. So we're good. I hope they can carry us. <laughs> <laughs> well, they get paid to play league. At least they get paid to stream league. So I hope they can carry us. But Casey Tron gets paid to stream league, and she's terrible. I'll take your word for it. Is it just because she's a girl? You sexist pig. Did you just gender Casey Tron? <laughs> no, no. Um, Casey Tron is a famous streamer because she's a ridiculous troll. Like at this point, I think everyone accepts that she is really not annoying or not like a terrible player, but she puts on this act for people watching her stream. Like initially, it was just a matter of like, I'm going to show off my cleavage and be terrible at this game and get mad at my viewers so people will donate telling me horrible things through the donations that sort of thing good try but you're still donating money like she she's <laughs> that a point, genius yeah that's, yeah that's good strategy it, it, it's working for her and uh like i, I gotta be thick-skinned for that though yeah no i i think she's incredibly thick-skinned i think that is partly why like she more or less has let herself become the target of like flaming and uh and hate and so forth because it's very profitable is she thick skinned or just thick maybe both who knows i haven't seen her so flabby skin or what was that from malu flabby useless skin uh, useless flesh yeah whatever it is useless flabby flesh lizzie started saying that <laughs> did, did she finish it with you no she's never even watched an episode <laughs> she's just like she's like i think i'm getting fat i was like no I love your useless flabby flesh. So she's actually started saying it. <laughs> well, did you want to talk about our little experience getting E3 tickets? Not E3 tickets, but Sony E3 experience tickets. Sorry, I had a stroke just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, your eyes are glazing <laughs> over. The only reason I want to bring this up is because I didn't tell you the worst part of it. So... For anyone not in the know, uh, E3 is coming up. It's like, what, two weeks away now or a week away? No, two weeks. Yeah, something like that. And uh, Sony, for the last three or four years, has been doing a theater showing or viewing of their conference at like a bunch of movie theaters across America. And usually like a week or two beforehand, they upload a link that allows you to get tickets so, uh, and in our case, even if we didn't get tickets, it probably wouldn't be a big deal. I didn't at the first year I went and you just 
stay in line for the people that don't have tickets and get in because not enough people are going to fill up that theater. Oh, really? That said, uh, it is convenient getting good seats. So getting the ticket early it allows you to do that. And also, like you don't have to show up early. I was about to say, I figured if we didn't get the tickets, we'd just have a watch party here. But we want to get the free goodies. Yeah. Lizzie's coming. So that means if they give out PlayStation money. Exactly. Not, exactly. I can get PlayStation money for my account, but double it. Yeah. The <laughs> same thing with Tiff. So that's, that's the best part. Uh, this particular year, they went with, I think it was GoFobo. Yes. For their ticket distri- distribution. God forbid, Fobo. Yeah, that that was real shitty because like the first time they uploaded the link and opened up access to these tickets and the promotional code, they ended up breaking the website, basically, and a few people were able to get tickets, supposedly, uh, reportedly. By the end of the day, Sony had pulled down the promotional code and was like, okay, we're going to see if we can rectify these problems and try it again. Uh, two days later, which I believe was Thursday, uh, June 1st. Was that the day we actually attempted it? Yes, yes, that okay. was the day. <laughs> we went on and uh, at, at the new time at 1.30 Pacific or 3.30 for us here. And we found the website to be just as broken, hitting refresh repeatedly. It took me 45 minutes to get my two tickets. I attempted for 20 minutes, then gave up. <laughs> I, I tried two different browsers and then i also tried the app on my phone so i actually went and downloaded the app i had to register an account and all that bullshit and finally got the tickets and then later that evening you picked up the tickets with uh, no problem right zero problem at all i even did a guest sign in it said sign in as guest i was like yes i'm gonna give this one final time and then it said here's here's your thing print this out you got tickets which by the way, when, <laughs> when we were making our accounts the first time or attempting to with the guest sign in and so forth, uh, it kept telling me I was too young. And it's like, I'm. It I'm told not me I was too, too young, young too. <laughs> I am not under 13. So I ended up just setting like my birthday as 1980 to get through, to brute force it. Apparently, it really wanted you to be like 35. Were 80. you not born in 80? Well, I just assumed. <laughs> I just assumed. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, so this is where it gets bad. After getting the tickets and like a day passing or so, I just just out of curiosity went through the comments on the Sony blog website, and that's when people were pointing out that the terms and conditions for these tickets this year were different. GoFobo's like having the ticket does not guarantee you entry into the theater. It uh-huh. just guarantees you the chance to get into the theater. So from the way it reads, it sounds like you need to go early and it's just the first amount of people that have these tickets, but more importantly can fit into the theater, get in and no one else does. Yeah. Which shouldn't be a problem for us because, you know, in bumfuck Nebraska. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like a lot of people show up. This would be your first time going, right? Yes. I was not able to get tickets last year and just watched online. I was fine with that. I don't think the theater has filled to capacity anytime I've gone. I could be wrong, but so I'm, I'm not worried so much about that. But if you're a major market like Atlanta, LA, I don't know who sure. like Atlanta. What? Wait, if you're in LA, you're just going. Yeah, that's true. You probably could. 
<laughs> you can this year because it's open to the public. Yay! Uh, I, actually, I'm not sure if the conferences are easier to get into than E3 as a whole. Um, and I doubt they charge tickets to the, to the developer-specific ones, but that's a whole other story. But that kind of sucks if like, you're to flip up this policy and, more importantly, just make the tickets harder to access. It's, it's easier for me to you know, be a little more reserved on this topic now because it, I'm you know, four days removed from the bullshit that was getting these tickets. But man, that sucked. Oh my God. I'm surprised you even kept going. I was just like, I'm too young. Okay. Fuck it. I'll try again. Okay. I'll try one more time. All right. I got work to do. Fuck this shit. Exactly. <laughs> like you get to the ticket, like where you can actually select the number of tickets you have. And then I got it would there. just time out on you. I got there and it said, nah, man, I'm good. And I was like, okay, I'm done with this. And then when you told me like later that afternoon, so did you ever get tickets? I was like, no. But I'll try one more time. Fuck, I just got tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you want to bring up before we tackle the hot list? My former employee got a new logo. Your former employee? Employer. employer. Sorry. Yes, my former employer got a new logo. Who's your former employer? Ubisoft. Wait, you were employed by Ubisoft? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Game testing or what? QA? No, no. Uh, rep. Representative. What? Yeah. What? Have you not seen... Oh, I guess you probably haven't seen the Ubisoft like cups and stuff that are upstairs. And no, I how okay, okay. There was a lot of Ubisoft swag in our house at points. <laughs> before before we go into that, does that mean we should really like have to give off a disclaimer? I know we're not technically like a media outlet, nor are we trying to be like game journalists, but I almost feel inclined now that we have to be like, well, Cookie, just for the record, Cookie did work for Ubisoft. <laughs> and uh yeah, when, when when did this happen, and how the hell did you get that job? Um, shit. Like, my sophomore year of college, I met the Ubisoft rep. Uh, cool dude, the party starter. Hashtag the party starter. Uh, Bud Dwight. Dwight Coulter. Um, Shout he is, out. He is a uh, amateur professional wrestler now. That's awesome. I wonder if he knows Dan Reichert. Maybe. I have no idea, honestly. Uh, anyway, so my, uh, I met him when he was the Ubisoft rep, and I kind of went to a couple of his events, and he was like, hey, I'm going to become the Budweiser rep, and I can't do both at the same time. You seemed interested. You've been helping me out with some events. Do you want to be the Ubisoft rep? Then I called, and I got in touch with his manager, and she was like, yeah, okay. So like was, it was a paid gig? Yeah, yeah. I was the Ubisoft rep for two years. What, what pushed you out of being a representative? I wanted to focus more on my art. So my senior year of college. Plus, so like I knew the like top Ubisoft rep, the Ubisoft college rep. So he, if you're like the top rep of the year, you go to California for the summer. You go to E3 officially with ubisoft and i was talking to him and i was like so are you going to be working for ubisoft after this he's like no no it's a dead-end job uh okay. so this it guarantees you nothing when you go to the professional market working for ubisoft guarantees you nothing at least as a college rep so i was like okay 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 so maybe maybe i'm putting too much uh emphasis on what i was actually doing yeah, yeah. no nah, i was just basically paid to give out free stuff and throw parties that's you know still impressive yeah, it was it was a nice little gig. 
drink this Assassin's Creed sponsored Mountain Dew. Yeah. It's like, no, I'd rather have beer. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Gave me super nice glass cups. Like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood cups. Like actual glass pint glasses. Oh, they, they're super nice. With like engraving on it too? or No engraving. Just kind of a... A sublimation print, I guess. Okay, it's yeah, it's totally splendor. not worth doing this job, then. No, no. <laughs> that that's cool. Yeah, uh, I saw the uh, the new logo for Ubisoft, and um, it's similar yet cleaner. It's a lot simpler. It's monochrome, right? Yeah. Which, so that way they can. I forget what their actual words were, but it was like take the background and make it a part of the logo. So basically, so say you're in exotic Montana. <laughs> and you've got that exotic Montana um, horizon. So then instead of just having like the white Ubisoft logo, you right. can expand its borders of the Ubisoft logo and then have the picture of exotic Montana inside the Ubisoft logo. Exotic Montana. Exotic Montana, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> Hope you're doing okay, Scott. In exotic Montana, just keep fighting off those... Um, Religious zealots. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't recall what the name of the the sect was now. But I'll just call it the Brotherhood. Why not <laughs> tie into Assassin's Creed? Are we just going to connect every game universe together? I guess there's technically no. I was about to say Ubisoft. Ubisoft is connected to all their games in like a story manner. No, in like a lore, what the fuck's going on type manner. So it starts off with Far Cry Primal. So you're like the first person with eagle vision, basically. And it's your ancestors. Oh, so you're an assassin. Well, kind I mean of. you're you're the You're the Far Cry guy, but you've got you've got assassin vision or primal vision or whatever it's called in Far Cry Primal. I don't know what it's called then. But does that mean that he his ancestors will eventually become Desmond? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sure it just keeps going. We're humans, man. We can we can draw conclusions and do all that from anything. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm not prepared to think about what that means. Does that mean Blood Dragon is the foreseeable, foreseeable the uh, future of every Ubisoft game? Which one's Blood Dragon? And yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Unfortunately. What? <laughs> that, that's the best Far Cry game. We're going back to the 80s. 70s? But wasn't, wasn't it like futuristic-ish? Futuristic 80s. Yeah, it's just going to be like 303280. It just happens to be like a replica stylistically of the 1980s. Pretty much. Anyways, let's hit the hot list, i.e. the topics that I don't think we're going to be able to talk too much about, but want to bring up in some light. Uh, Praise new PS4 Pro patch, since we were talking about this last week with the PS4 Pro, uh, apparently has some issues that are causing significant screen tearing and frame drops. Optimization is key. Mm -hmm. And if you don't spend time on your fucking <laughs> patches, this is going to happen. Publisher Square Enix re uh, revealed the latest project from Tokyo RPG fa uh, Factory named Lost Sphere. As the follow-up to I Am Setsuna, this game is yet another RPG to be in plans for the Nintendo Switch. After looking a bit at the content from Lost Sphere, I'm beginning to think that Tokyo RPG Factory may truly be be an assembly line for Japanese RPGs, and I don't mean that in a good way. Set to release in early 2018, which that's a fucking quick turnaround time considering uh, I Am Setsuna came out, I think, in 2016. Is that a quick turnaround time? It's, well, maybe not if you know, you're know you using the exact same game engine, the exact same art style, the exact same music style, 
the exact same everything, <laughs> then I guess no, it's not. But character de- designs still take time, apparently, and story takes time. Ish. They got to do something. Yeah. Did you, did you play uh, I Am Setsuna? No, it looked too generic. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it, too. <laughs> GTFO, X Payday 2 devs studio 10 chambers collective is working on a new title gtfo or get the fuck out they've described it as a four-player hardcore co-op action horror fps are we ready for a new and possibly better left for dead nothing's going to be better than left for dead actually been watching that friday the 13th if they keep their community and like their numbers up with people playing the game i will be getting it in two months let's talk about that at the end of the list okay uh I, I want to point out too that Payday 2 is incredibly fun and they have a way with co-op that I don't think Left 4 Dead necessarily does. I will be getting Payday 2 when it comes out on the Switch. I think once you play it, you're going to get a little more hyped for Get the Fuck Out. Anywho, Seaman 2, or technically 3, uh, Yute Saito, the creator of Seaman, the Dreamcast classic, is teasing production of a sequel. Now technically there was a sequel for Seaman, Seaman 2. Uh, wasn't released here, but this particular game is more or less combines voice recognition and pet raising together. Wait, did you just say I am Pikachu or Hey You Pikachu? Except it's a gross, weird fish tadpole that turns into a fish that then turns into a frog with a human face. And it you had me at Hey You Pikachu, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Oh uh, man, that was such a good game. <laughs> Most likely as part of Square Enix's recent change in strategy, the Final Fantasy VII Remake is now being handled entirely in-house. Previously, other developers, including CyberConnect2, were involved in its production. Part of the shakeup also includes Naoki Hamaguchi taking on the reins as development lead. I can honestly say, even if they start from scratch, it's probably coming out before Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I don't know, it took them a while to come out with Final Fantasy Versus. 13, 17, 15, 64. Yeah. (laughs) It it took them a while, but I also think that they were were creating a battle system from the ground up that I think had to go through a lot of playtesting. And went through a couple of changes. Yeah. Because they, I think they had like a weird demo that came out for a hot second. And then people were like, no. No, I think people were like, yeah. Oh, they like this. they want more. It was like an arena style fighting game that came out. Do you remember this? Wait, I I remember an arena style fighting game, but it was well before fifteen and well before thirteen and eleven. I think it was so called forth. Versus, though. And it someone was fact like, check us, please and thank you. Uh, but yeah, aside from that, I think that's about it. Now, uh, going back to the topic of Payday Two on uh switch oh no no no, not that what what were we just talking about it was on the ps2 hot list something about left for dead friday the 13th oh yeah friday the 13th (laughs) thank you so i have been watching that quite a bit because i like i've talked about it in the previous episodes i have been very excited for that game um what i'm not excited about is paying 40 dollars when they're having a bunch of server issues they're having server issues? At least they were. And it's really hard to see how well the servers are going because if you go and try and watch a stream of Friday the 13th, 
you're only going to get like your professional streamers, it seems like, or the, even, even some of the smaller names there are only doing private matches. And private matches are not server-side. Mm. So that makes it very hard to see how well the servers are working. From what I gather, it, it does look really fun uh, with the, the private matches, but we're still not seeing what like your public matches would be like. And that's going to matter the most to someone that doesn't stream professionally yeah. and doesn't have you know, 20 fence, friends to pull from to play this game. Because it's 40 bucks, you know, that's significant. No, that is significant. I, I cannot buy three other people or six other people copies of this without, you know, like the dedication and commitment of people to be like, we're going to play this a lot with you, Neil. And I don't necessarily think the game is even worth 40 bucks to begin with. So, I don't know. I, I'd pay 40 bucks for it in like four months. Well, at that point, you'd think it'd be like 30 or 20, hopefully, right? Like a sale would pop up. Hopefully. But I'm also kind of waiting to see if the community stays around. Yeah, exactly. Because I bought Evolve. And no one plays Evolve anymore. Even after it went free to play, like there was, <laughs> a, there was a spike and then no one played it again. Exactly. Can you please, like, for the screenshot, just have that one guy's face who turns around who gets killed first? <gasps> <laughs> oh no no not the guy yeah. that get ki- not gets the guy killed, gets first, killed the, the blonde guy the blonde guy the that face that man that face <laughs> was even worse during the uh the like the restricted but not private beta like the the beta was open to be streamed and stuff and it helped build a lot of hype around the game um a few months ago his face and reaction was even worse and like How? less organic just he the whole time he looks he that looks way super plastic <laughs> he looks like a ken doll he literally looks like a ken doll <laughs> i can't imagine that being worse <laughs> yeah but yeah I, I if if you told me you were gonna buy the game today i would buy the game and play with you but i'm not buying the game today yeah i i think it seems a like a waste of money for right now <laughs> to hold off and see where the community is yeah i think that about covers it well Omake! Any, any <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully we'll have something together. Uh, and you know what? I, I should have brought something so we could do the Omake remote if we needed to do it, like right after work or right or later in the night one day. But anywho, uh, if you've enjoyed our podcast, you can review us on Apple Podcasts. Is that the new name? Fuck I, if I know. I don't use Apple products. Scott has told me that changed, but every time I go to check on our feed details, it's still iTunes. Whoa. So I don't know what the fuck is going on there. Go ahead and rate us on iTunes. iTunes or those, Apple Podcasts. Give us those thumbs ups. I mean, five stars? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure yeah, what just the write reviews. system is. Just write reviews. Yeah, write reviews. Get more people interested in us, Dave. And if you'd like to send in your comments or questions, you can write us at podcast at fancyramen.com I don't check any of the other podcast or uh, fancyramen.com emails I just realized so now I'm wondering if Neil at fancyramen.com is like flooded with emails do I have a fancyramen.com email? I might have made one for you I'm I not think sure. you did so cookie at fancyramen.com is I don't also know how to access it probably <laughs> flooded <laughs> I'll, yeah I'll take a look into that <laughs> I don't know how to access it for the time being you should totally just email us at podcast at fancyramen.com and don't hesitate to message us at the fancy ramen podcasts Facebook site uh, Facebook absolutely. website also come on join us on injustice too we're we're growing strong the the guild name is fancy ramen right with a space yeah. John and uh, 
Buck, are they are they uh, bringing up the stats a bit? A little bit. Are they trash? You can tell me. It's okay. They're not listening right now. Maybe they are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, there's one guy who surpassed me in level on the what you call it. So one guy, and that was mainly because I went to Chicago and couldn't play it over the weekend. Sounds like you have a goal. All right, to play more HTC Five. Duh. Yeah, that's probably what you should be doing. I need to get better at painting things. That's it for the podcast. (laughs) I'm Cookie. And I'm Neil. Bye, guys.